When the sun rises, I wake up and chase my dreams. I won't regret when the sun sets, cause I live my life like I'm a beast. What up? You're listening to the Lifestyle Practice Podcast. Hey guys, I'm your host, Dr. Justin Short of the TLP Podcast, and I am excited to be with you today. My head kind of bounced back and forth from several different podcast topics for this week, and I settled on what I'm about to share with you today. I felt like it was important. I felt like it was poignant. I felt like a lot of you probably needed to hear it because I needed to hear it. And I'm sure part of it has to do with just the time of the year. You know, the turning of the calendar is kind of this natural time to kind of look back, take stock, start fresh, etc. And for me, this is also the time of year when we come down to our home in Florida. And I throw that out because, as many of you know, that was a big part of the vision I had for my life. And I'm extremely grateful. And no, I don't sit in silence with my legs crossed and eyes closed and meditate on what it means to be, quote, grateful. That's your thing. That's great. It's just not mine. And that's okay. But I am grateful. And I often do have to pinch myself as I do my work out along the beach every morning. And then I get my work and my business taken care of during the day. And then I hang out with my family or and or whoever is visiting and staying with us at that particular time in the afternoon. And that's my flow while we're down here in general. And actually, we have people working on the house. So if you may hear some stuff. It may get edited out, but you may hear people knocking or coming in or we'll see. It's just life. So what's my point? Good question. And one, I don't blame you for asking because your time is valuable. And my point is this. We are all on a fast-paced collision course with death. You, me, our colleagues, our friends, our family. And if you're not bold in your decisions, the passage of time is going to leave you in the dust. And although change or improvement in ourselves, your practice is often a process. Don't be fooled. Life itself is a sprint, not a marathon. I remember my dad's 40th birthday, just like it was yesterday. I was 18 years old. And I remember feeling at that point, like 40 years old, wow, like it would be forever before I ever got there. But now I'm 41 and it feels like it was a blink of an eye. Now my dad is 64 and he feels the same way, like it was a blink of an eye. And we both know that it will feel like another blink and he'll be 84 and I'll be 61. And that's if we're lucky. I think we all feel, or at least I do, like when you reach some age in the future that you become resigned to being that age. Like your mind says, okay, I'm 41. I'm okay knowing that based on social averages, there's a greater than 50% chance that my life is halfway over. But that doesn't really happen. I don't feel 41 in my head. I don't feel like I've reached this level where I feel like I'm an experienced adult. Like I have it figured out. Like I've reached a level where I feel like I should be the father of three children. And I don't mean it in an irresponsible or immature way. I don't do most of the dumb things I did when I was 18 or 20. But I don't feel that different either. And it's hard to put down on words. But my point is that most likely 
you're going to feel the same way. Like you've got all this time, like it's going to be forever before you hit 41 or 64. And if you wait, if you keep saying tomorrow or next week or next year, you're going to look back and see you let it slip by. And truth be told, one of my biggest fears is regret. What does the typical person do? They go to school, they get married, they get a job, have some kids, and hope and save and live in a way that if things all work out, they'll get to live the last 10 years of their life on their own terms. And to me, that is such a waste. My stepmom retired last October. She's 62, worked hard her whole life. And then this year, right now, actually, they've rented their own place next to ours in Florida. 62, you know, and this is the first year they've been able to do that. And actually, they're probably ahead of the curve, sad to say. But last week, they wanted me to sit in on a Zoom call with their financial advisor, which I did, because she had to roll over her IRA since she was no longer with her company. Now, I'm on the Zoom call, biting my tongue, watching this nice guy tell them how they should put half their money in bonds and half in stocks. And you can imagine me struggling not to roll my eyes because here you have this guy who isn't wealthy, lives in probably a $200,000, $300,000 house from what it looked like on the Zoom call. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that's what everyone does, right? And we finished this call and my folks asked what I thought and I told them, it's fine if you want to be like everyone else. Why would you take advice from someone whose job it is to tell you what to do with your money and he isn't even rich himself. You cannot do what everyone else does and follow the same pattern in your life and expect magically to have this life that's any different. You can't run your practice and your finances like every other dentist does. Talk to your patients the same way. Have a team like every other dentist does. And expect to be financially free and live a life on your own terms 20 years before anyone else does. But Justin, what if I do it differently and it doesn't pan out? I don't know. What if you do it the same and it does? What do you have at the end of the day? Maybe 10 years of freedom? It's like the same thing when I have doctors ask me, well, what if I put all this time in training this team member and they end up leaving? I don't know. But if you don't train them and they stay, we're all trained to think like everyone else, to compare ourselves to everyone else, to take the path of least resistance and safety with the mindset of, well, if I can get 10 years of freedom at the very end, that's going to be enough. That's not enough. 99% of people are going to look at my folks' financial advisor's plan and say, yep, that makes sense. 50% bonds and 50% stocks. Brilliant. And those are the same 99% that are going to work their entire life like everyone else, hoping it works out to be able to buy a little freedom when they might be too old to enjoy it anyway. What do you really have to lose? Think about it. It's not like if you play it safe, you reach this state where you find like this fountain of youth where you're going to go on living. No, we're all going to die. So really, we all have nothing to lose because the ending is the same for each and every one of us. So what do you need to take away from this? Number one, be bold. Figure out what you really want from your life, not just what you think maybe I can achieve if everything goes right. 
maybe I can hit that. But what do you really want it to look like? Then you got to do whatever it takes to get there. Get the help you need. I can tell you better than anyone, I am not a self-made man. I would not be where I am today without the help, guidance, counsel, the support, and the prodding of others. And you need to objectively look to those or at those who you're getting your counsel from. I was recently having a conversation with a good friend of mine regarding real estate, and he was picking my brain and bouncing some ideas off of me. And he was pointing out, or he did point out, that so-and-so said I should be doing this. And I happened to know so-and-so. So I asked him, has so-and-so made a lot of money doing that? Well, no. Does so-and-so have a life you aspire to have? Well, no. Then why in the world would you take advice from so-and-so? You're not going to hire a fat slob to be your personal trainer. If I want spiritual advice, I'm talking to someone who I respect their spiritual walk. I'm not calling up Larry Flint or Howard Stern. If I want financial advice, I'm going to find the most wealthy person I know that I can actually get in front of, even if it costs me money to do that. If I want to know how to build an uncommon dental practice, I'm not getting advice from the five other docs in my local study club who have an average practice just like me. Not that I can't learn something from them, but I'm not getting advice from them on something they don't have. Now, granted, and this is important, if you're not committed, no amount of guidance will ever work for you because that's really where things take off when you combine commitment, discipline with solid guidance. Play different, you guys. Conventional wisdom, in most cases, will only get you a conventional life. And whether you realize it yet or not, your hourglass is chugging right along. The most successful dental practice owners are not the most successful because they do things like everyone else and just end up getting a different result. Heck no. They do things differently than others. And how do you do things differently? You study. And you put the time in to refine your office and especially the patient conversations or interactions you and your team are having. You read books and you study them, put them in the practice. You don't just listen to Audible and let them go in one ear, not the other, and then post, hey, look at all these books I read. You spend time in offices that are uncommonly successful. When I was about a year into owning my first practice, I was going out to John Coyce's course in Seattle. And I knew of a spectacular doctor with an uncommon practice about an hour outside of Seattle named April Zigley. She was also featured in Titans of Dentistry. And I'm very grateful to her. I didn't know April at the time, but we had a common friend. So I called her up and just asked, hey, I know you have an awesome practice. I'm going to be out that way. Can I come and just observe you guys for the day? Thankfully, she said, sure. And I learned a ton that day. And as a result, I did it several other times with other practice owners. Hire a coach who has achieved or accomplished what you'd like to do and go all in with them. Learn all you can. And at the end, don't just pick one of those things I just listed. Do them all if you're really committed. And I guarantee you, you will see change. Those are the choices you need to be making if you're serious about creating something special in your life. You, me, Derek, Steve, the dentist down the street from you are all a product of the choices we make. 
not the circumstances we face. That same friend who I mentioned a minute ago that was talking to so-and-so, he asked me one time and stuck with me, when is the best time to plant a tree? I didn't really know what he was getting at, so I didn't have an answer. And he said, the best time was 100 years ago. The next best time is right now. It's time to get planting, guys. Don't wait, because as sure as the sun rises in the east and sets in the west, you're going to die. Me too. Playing it safe will get you nowhere fast, and it won't save you in the end. If you'd like to talk to myself, Derek, or Steve about how you can get on an uncommon path, because I assure you, those guys have. I like to think I have, but feels weird saying that about myself. You can email us at Steve, Derek, or Justin at thelifestylepractice.com. And that's it. Take it to heart, guys. Listen, be bold. Do something before time's up. Until next week, peace. Should we climb in? Tooth and nail till I'm at the top. Jump without a net. Never break a sweat. Cause I live my life like it's all I got.